right, we are back for our fourth episode of the podcast. I am Scott. We have Mr. 3000, also known as... This is Jimbo. And Big Joe. And Big Joe. And Big Joe, Jimbo, and, and me. That's me. So, um... The, the uh, podcasts here, we, we've actually have spent some time uh, away from the podcast, just kind of getting through life and, and making through our own individual schedules. Um, what's been going on, guys? Life on life. Uh, lots of life. Uh, we'd lost a good family friend of ours. She was everybody's nanny. She was uh, 90 years old, lived a great life. But it's always crazy when that type of stuff happens because it's just like... She was the matriarch of the family. So to see her finally gracefully slip away, she went on her own terms, which was fantastic. But it was nice to see because usually when people live that old, and we were even told by the funeral home a couple times where most 90-year-olds don't have this big of a session. And for two mm. nights for a solid six hours, there was hundreds of people floating in and out to give their final respects. She paid... She did pretty well for herself, and it was pretty crazy. And she wasn't even my grandma. She was a friend of mine's grandma, but I considered her to be my grandma as well because she was just such an awesome lady. So that was wow. one of the big things over the last couple of weeks that I went through. But again, it wasn't wow. a sad thing. More of it was a celebration of just such an awesome life, and some of the stories you heard were just incredible. Yeah, well, um, yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. I mean, this is the first time I'm hearing about that. Um Way to start us off on a on a happy mm-hmm. moment. Cheers. <laughs> it's always fun. It's always fun. So what's been going on? Someone died. Oh. Okay, anyway. stepped in that one. Well, um, well, no, that's great. And and that's the that's I guess what what all of us hope for at the end, right? I mean, we're all Absolutely. hoping for like that that end moment for someone to be able to say, "This is somebody who impacted me in a, in a great way," Absolutely. and. Um, and to be able to to look back in those moments as as a happy thing and 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 uh, something that is joyful that you can rem- have memories of of the support and encouragement of somebody that you can look up to and and try and live as an example for from. Um, so yeah, I mean that's that's my hope at the end that people are saying stuff like that. Can you be can you be around when I? When I go, Jimbo, and can you say that kind of stuff about me? I'd appreciate that. I'll definitely do my best. Please, for you. absolutely. <laughs> Please. What's um, been going on with you, Joey? Oh, I've been a busy couple of weeks here. A uh, lot going on with work right now, and with the weather changing, ramps up my business. And so, I've been working a lot. But uh, on a personal level, uh, I just adopted my son. Oh yeah! Woo 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 woo! woo. <laughs> Which is pretty awesome. <laughs> yes, Great sir. feeling. Uh, we actually did it on National Adoption Day, and the courtroom was turned into superheroes and selfie booths, and my son actually loved the balloon guy. I think he had about six or seven balloons <laughs> <laughs> blown up, <laughs> trying to get other kids to get a chance to get their balloons, too. But uh, yeah, it was a great day and great experience, and it was a very exciting time in my life. That's awesome. That is, it's very cool. Um, yeah, and that was a fun day. I mean, I was able to, I was honored to be there. I was able to be there, and, and it was fun. 
It's kind of cool. Yeah, to I mean, see. we played the hurry up and wait game in the courthouse like it always is, but they had so much stuff to do there. And then what we did after. Is- and they fed you. Yeah, they fed us. Like that that had to be like a landmark day at the courthouse. Go go get some food at the courthouse. Yeah, right. go that's grab something lunch. That you don't hear every day, that's for sure. Yeah. No, I've I've spent some room in the in uh the court system uh, with, with my uh drinking problem that I used to have. Uh, <laughs> this, is, feed you. this is the best day ever in the courthouse. <laughs> Hey, and the and the most classic line of the day was when was when he asked Joe, "Did you give Bryce chocolate?" And she goes, "I didn't give him chocolate. I gave him a chocolate covered strawberry." I was like, I was like "Shit!" <laughs> he was bouncing off the walls. You didn't give him chocolate. <laughs> was- no, I gave him a chocolate covered strawberry. <laughs> I gave him fruit. <laughs> Uh, you know that coating on the outside of it? <laughs> Watch what happens now. <laughs> it was brown, right? Strawberries <laughs> aren't supposed awesome. to be that color. <laughs> <laughs> just to backtrack a quick step, Joe, just so the listeners out there are aware, um, how did Bryce come into your life? How old is Bryce in that whole situation? Uh, Bryce came into my life when he was three. Uh I met my wife about five years ago, uh, and uh, then they moved in with us, and we ended up getting married, and uh, we're actually expecting a child now due in the middle of January, and uh, one day after school, he said, he asked me if he'd, if I'd adopt him, and I was like, yeah, buddy, that'd be great, and uh, so... My family, we've had a lot of adoptions in the family. We actually have a lawyer that I knew of, and I got a hold of him, and uh, it's all written in the history books from there. I mean, they called us and said, how about – or actually, she called us and said, I'm going to get you in on National Adoption Day. And I was like, cool. You know, I didn't think anything of it being like any other day at court. Uh, but she actually got us into the one day a year in the courtroom where they actually turn it into a playhouse. And, uh, <laughs> it awesome. made it that much more awesome uh, and a great day for the kids. And, yeah, yeah, and that sort of cool. goes what he was talking about before we started recording is that whole giving and not expecting anything in return. That's just the ultimate gift you gave Bryce is something that obviously he's going to remember forever that special day. But it's a huge step, obviously, from where you started in that relationship to where it is now. It's just unbelievable. <clears throat> and not to get too emotional and sappy here, but obviously that's a goosebump, a goosebump moment for sure. And that's something to obviously be very proud of. And I'm sure Bryce, even at that young age, it's hard for him to put into words what that means. But I know Heidi and Bryce are very thrilled that they obviously came across you in their lives. It definitely worked out pretty well. Yeah, and actually, when I was, I mean, I wasn't as young as Bryce, but I had, uh, I lost my dad at 14, and I had my stepdad come into the picture, and uh, that was a hard age, and uh, I give him a lot of props for my stepdad for how bad I treated him over the years, just because of the whole teenage years, and when I look back on it now, I really... uh, Give him a lot of credit for what he did for me and uh, what he does for me now, and how well he just took- selflessness 
Absolutely. Yeah. Giving and not expecting anything in return. Absolutely. I mean, what he did was incredible. And I, that's a good, that's who I, I mean, I look up to is what I'm trying to teach Bryce is what Tim did for me and how he helped raise me with somebody that wanted nothing to do with him at the time. Absolutely. Like I said, it's a little different situation where I'm at, but because uh, I got in a, at a little younger of an age. But uh, It's always good to have a good role model like Tim. I know Tim, and Tim's a good, solid dude as well. Absolutely. Yes, he is. Way to go, Tim. You're the man, Tim. We, we love you, Tim. You're the best, Tim. <laughs> Are you listening? If you're listening, leave us a message, Tim. <laughs> He does a lot of traveling, so I'm sure he'll be hitting these podcasts. Yes, leave us a review on iTunes, Tim. (laughs) Tim, do it. Five stars, Tim. We need it. We need the. We need the good reviews. They help. (laughs) So, um, so this idea of giving and with nothing in return, um, that's kind of been been something that you've been thinking about and uh, and talking about a little bit there, Joe. Um, Why don't you? why don't you expand a little bit more on that? I just, um, giving and expecting nothing in return, I think is kind of hard to live by because whenever you give something that you've worked so hard for, you kind of expect something in return. Just like when you go to the store and you hand them money, you're expecting a product or something that they're giving you. But to give somebody, uh, something or to help them out in a way that they can use your skill set and uh not actually want something back like no money or expect oh since i did a favor for you you owe me one or you owe me two now and uh that's like i said it's kind of a hard way to live by but it's not um my mom tried to beat that into me growing up and I'm not talking like in a business or because if you work, you obviously want paid. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, there's, there's, there are transactions that occur. Right. You know? But I'm just talking as far as helping a friend out or people in need or anything just to do that straight from the heart and not expect something in return. I'm a big believer in this world's a circle. I mean, Whatever you do comes back to you tenfold. You don't have to ask for it or expect it to happen. It's right. going to happen. It may not happen how you want it to happen. Right. But it'll be there. Right. <laughs> I promise you it's coming back to you. <laughs> right. When the world's built on those types of principles, you know, I mean, um, I mean, I'm, I obviously come from a particular, from a particular religious, religious and faith background, but, um, but I see that in the scriptures that I read. You know where where God says what you what you sow you will reap, you know, and and that's not um, that's not something that just occurs in one area in your life. That's that's a worldwide principle that that happens regardless of a faith background that you have. Absolutely, you know, it's it's a way that the world has been put together from the from the very beginning, and it's just the way it works. If you if you if you put this seed in the ground. This is what's coming up out of the ground later, you know. <laughs> this is just the way it works. Simple science. Simple. And um, and to lose that perspective, to forget that, can is is just it's rough. And that's why 
as a lot of the listeners know, Joe and I, being in a program of recovery, the biggest thing that basically circles our program and makes it a full program is helping the alcoholic that still struggles. So we do that on a daily basis. And basically by doing that, it may not even seem like we're helping, but by giving our all to making sure that that person that's still sick is going to be okay, it helps us in return. Right. It keeps us sober for one more day. And then before you know it, you get a nickname of Mr. 3000 because you yes. tie a whole bunch of one days in a row together. But yes, every facet of life, this whole just giving away what you have, even if you don't have a whole lot to give, it's better than nothing. And I've learned that over time where I'm working in a financial industry currently and it's not a whole give and take, oh, freely let me help you. But at the same time, like <laughs> these people want to make the money, but at the same time, I'll go the extra mile to help the person that's struggling and can't figure out why they continuously are having fees or continuously having to, I'll make sure going forward that I'll try to help them as best I can. Now, obviously there's a transactional fee. I'm getting paid by a bank to do that, but I also want to see them be a success. Oh, sure. So deep down, I do feel like I am actually helping these people on a daily basis, which is nice. So as much as I can give, the better. And a lot of times it will be one of those things where you don't even realize you're doing it until after the fact, where you'll get that, hey, thanks a lot, or you'll get that email, or you'll get that accolade later on down the road where it's just like, well, I just thought I was living life. You know what I mean? It didn't even seem like I was going out of the way to make sure everything was okay. But they're all those moments are kind of awesome when you, after the fact, realize, wow, I was actually doing the right thing all along. So. Right. And it's the smallest, sometimes it's the smallest things. Absolutely. I think one of the biggest things you can give somebody is your time because oh, you can't get it back. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, and that means the most to somebody spending time with them or helping them out. I mean, your, your time's valuable. I mean, the clock's ticking. <laughs> right. Right. Absolutely. I mean, I used to think when i was younger how slow time went now that i'm getting a little bit older it's like where'd this whole year go (laughs) yeah i hear that one completely (laughs) yeah it's it's it is crazy but it's it is very cool i mean it's cool to there's there is something about being with other people that is that is um just a very good thing you know, I mean, sometimes it's hard to put words to it, but it's, it's, it's about your presence. It's about your, and it is, it's, you know, we, we label it time, but that's almost a way to quantify it, you know? Right. But there's something about just your, somebody's presence. And we've all and met the people there. that are not people, 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 persons. Yeah. Well, basically they're completely shut off to the outside yeah. world. And it's just like, if you want to take on the world all by yourself, more power to you. But in my philosophy, I like to involve as many people as possible because, like you said, people are what's making things go around here. So the more people I have in my corner helping me out, the better off things are going to usually go. And then the more I can help other people as well. Right. And I experienced some of that. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm a natural introvert. Okay. That's, that's just kind of the way that I'm wired. And being around people and a bunch of people and, and those types of settings – I, I can do them and I can enjoy them, but but the the best way that I, I know how to describe it, I heard someone else say it at one time, it's as if I'm I'm doing all of that while jogging in place. You know? There there's a there's an energy drain that happens inside of me. It's not that I'm not enjoying that time or enjoying those people. It's just it's taking a lot out of me to to be in that setting. And I have to kind of go 
and and re-energize in other ways, which you know, my wife is totally different. The the more that she spends by herself, the more she gets drained and, and can go down some some bad roads. But the more she's around other people, she gets energized, you know? Um so what but whenever I forget why I even started down those roads. Um oh about being with other people. The 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 presence of other people is still this uh, uh, something that brings a lot of good, and and when I learned that lesson, the hardest is is um, not this year, but the 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 previous year, when when I my health just went down ridiculously. Um, I mean, we were struggling to try and find out what the hell was going on and why what's what's causing this and and what is it, and and I couldn't. Well, kind of like a house. I couldn't even stand up, you know. Yeah, I mean, I've I've never seen house, but I've heard. (laughs) Yeah, Um, I've actually heard. You should watch it just for the sarcasm. Is what I was was told. (laughs) That's what I thought of whenever you said they couldn't figure out what was wrong. I was like, we need to bring house in on this. Yes, yeah, we should have called him. But yeah, so so that's what was going on. But but the people who came around, the people who who. Phone calls and texts and things like that were nice, but the, but the people who actually saw me were and and came and 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 would spend a few minutes, you know, would spend some time. Boy, you there was there was a difference there between somebody coming and and sitting there, even if I wasn't even in a position to talk with them. Just knowing that they were around was was huge, and there was something that was that was. Um, uh, a building up that happened with that, if, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, um, and so there is, there's this thing of our presence where we just, when we show up for other people, when we're there, sometimes they don't even want you there, you know? <laughs> they, but, but it's like, but there's a, there's a small, even for the people who don't want you there, there's a small piece of comfort that they get knowing someone is there for them. It's all it takes you know. is that one person. They can change anything. Like, yeah. I'm sure during that struggle with your health, many times you thought, obviously, I'm alone here. This is all, why is this happening to me? Poor me, poor me. I can't handle it. But to get that support system, to know that that many people care about you and love you, even if you're not thinking about it in the present, knowing deep down that that's there for you, that support system is huge. Right. And that can be so many different things where it's just like, you see so many times where people try to battle it all on their own, or I'm going to show the world, and that me versus the world mentality, and a lot of times it continuously blows up in their face. Right. Like, that's why I mentioned a couple of minutes ago, where I want that support system in my corner at all costs, because when I run into something that I don't know, I'm glad now I don't have to run into it head first and try to find if that was the result or not, where I can turn and actually take a deep breath and pause and be like, oh, I had a friend that went through something like this. Maybe I should give them a call and see. And it's just life is a lot easier when I'm willing to allow that help to be given to me. And that's something that's totally foreign to me. As a former drunkard, I didn't like help. I would never ask for it unless I was in a jackpot. And that's the same thing when it came to the whole God and higher power talk. The only time I used a higher power when I was drunk is if I was in a jackpot. <laughs> Please don't let me get arrested. Please don't let me be so sick and all these things. And it was ridiculous, but it's or, totally different. Or when now. you were praying to the porcelain God. Exactly. Yeah. And I don't have to do that anymore. His, his name's Ralph. <laughs> 
When you can't find him, you get out of town with Buick. <laughs> well, and, and going through what I went through, I, I don't know that I ever asked why. Why was never really a part of my question. I asked what and I asked how. And, and for me, it was, about a, it was about a search forward. I think why becomes a stagnant question. You know, why is what you ask whenever you're not going anywhere? And, and you're not looking for a way out necessarily. Um, for me, it was just about what and how and, and those other So if you say why, you believe questions. you're waving the white towel? Um, I don't know that it's a white towel, but I think that you're, I, I think that you're sitting Resigned there with all the, the ingredients to put that flag on that stick, yeah. you know? Um, because it's, I think that that can become... The, the muddy clay that your feet can get stuck in and, it, and it just drags you. It just drags you. But if you. you're looking at it as like, why is this happening to me? Like as far as what's my next step? What direction is this sending me in? I mean, I could go back to, I know it wasn't being sick, but my DUI. Uh, oh, you were sick. Oh, I was definitely <laughs> sick. <laughs> but I, instead of the why for me, it was kind of like, why did I get this? You know, I mean, it cost me a lot of money. I lost my license and uh, it ended up turning out that I got sober because of that day. Well, why did this happen is a different question than why me. Okay. You know, I mean, at least in my book, I don't know if that's just working with semantics Because or we not, all know but... why you got the DUI. You drank way too many. <laughs> <laughs> and I was driving too fast to put my car in a ditch. And, <laughs> and even even why am I doing this is a different question than, than why is this happening to me? You know, like right. somehow I'm so special that that things in this life shouldn't be affecting me in a, in a bad like way. Like the poor me, you know? why? Right, right, right. Which could um, lead you down a lot of dark roads. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, I see. And that's where I think that now. you're starting to put the. You know, you've got you got all the ingredients with the with the white flag and the stick. You know, mm-hmm. you may not have it waving, but you know, you've got both of them there to be able to tie it on and and start it's just waving. N- it. Natural human reaction is to not the boo-hoo, but like it's not a natural reaction to take that next step right at first, like. When you first got this diagnosis, obviously the question of why comes up, but you obviously want to get better right away. So what do I have to do? Who can I go visit to make this better? Those natural reactions, and obviously with your support system behind you, it makes it easier, per se, to take that next step. Right. A lot of us and a lot of people out there don't have the great support center around them. So if you don't have that, it's pretty easy to soak back and next thing you know, a month has passed and you haven't done anything about it and you get sicker. Right. And then sicker and sicker. And it just, but thankfully with, like you said, your outgoing wife, a great daughter and the family, you guys were able to pursue different avenues and slowly work yourself back into. Oh, I was blessed like crazy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I have an incredible wife. I've got got an incredible daughter. Um, And, uh, and yeah, I mean, they were they were they were pillars for me, right? You know, going through this. Um, even my daughter at the age of ten, you know, right. but I mean, or she was nine at the time. But it was like I knew she was she was there. She she wanted to help. She you know she was a huge support in in ways that, um, you know that she isn't even aware of. But um, that's why I think a lot of people don't realize out there that even if you don't think you have that, there's definitely people in your corner. 
Right. That these a lot of these people will just shut down immediately and just think that there's nothing out there for them. Even if you have former classmates, nowadays it seems almost easier to get a support center than ever before. Like there's no excuse for you not to stick that hand out and ask for help. It goes against the me versus the world mentality, but nowadays <clears throat> you should not have any difficulty reaching out and getting the help that you need. Now, and there's that's meetings and support systems for everywhere. Everything. Yes. Everything. It's crazy. Yeah. The awareness for, for struggling is, is really as high as I've ever known it to be. Right. I mean, I'm not going to say it's as high as it can be, you know, but it's, it's definitely as high as I've ever known it to be. And, and it's a great thing. But when, when we talk about, since we're talking about support systems, um, how do you guys figure out who you really want in that corner? You know, because there's a lot of people that say, oh, yeah, I'm, I'll be a support for you. And, and, and they may even come with, um, they may even come and help. Um, but they aren't always there with, the with zero motives, yeah. you know, I mean, there, there's sometimes there's sometimes there's there's crap that's attached to what they're trying to do. Um, you know, I mean, so, and some of the TV shows are awesome about showing that stuff. You know, it's like you've got you've got so many intricate weaved motives and agendas. And, and so somebody's doing something good, but you're like, damn, that's coming back on now because you do not know what's coming. <laughs> so that was going to hurt. Yeah. So you see some of this stuff going on, but. But how do you guys dis- def- decide who's in that support system? Because when it when it boils down to it, you you don't have Facebook lies to you. You do not have three hundred friends. You know, no. I mean that's just. Well, I was always taught if you can count them on one hand, you're lucky. Right, right, and that's not to be in a bad thing, but it's just there's there's a few people in, that are going to be around you that honestly hit the qualities that that you're looking for. So. And I don't even know if you're consciously looking, you know, like, I don't know that it any of us have a, have a list, a checklist of saying, well, here's what I'm going to say. Okay. You know, you hit nine out of 10, you can be in my support corner. <laughs> <laughs> you only hit three out of 10. <laughs> nah, yeah, you're sketchy, you know, but, but how do you, de- how do you decide that? How does, how does that get worked out? And that was one of those things where like back in the day when I was just a complete mess, I had a philosophy on life. It was terrible, but I used to tell my small group of friends where I didn't like anybody until they proved otherwise to me. And they said, well, that's a terrible mindset. You're not, you're shutting yourself out to the possibilities of making countless good relationships. And I was just a stubborn drunk where I, if you don't impress me, I don't want anything to do with you. And it was just such a terrible mindset. Now I'm willing to give everybody a benefit of the doubt. If you burn me, you burn me. But it's one of those deals where time takes time as far as the right people will come to the surface, basically. The good floats to the top where I have a whole bunch of people now in my life that before I would shut them off and have nothing to do with. But now the good ones still the cream comes to the top, as they say, but I'm not willing to shut down and not allow anybody to come near me anymore, which I used to be like, oh, no, I'm good with what I got. And I was missing out on countless relationships. So now I let things play themselves out. And it's kind of nice where if you let everybody into your life. They'll basically play their way out of your life in a hurry <laughs> if you know they're not a good person. So that's how I go through it. Now it definitely it takes, okay. it takes time because they're not going to come 
up to you with a manual or a, a book about themselves said here like an interview process like okay you're gonna be my friend i mean right and they're not gonna bring everything to the table the first i mean everybody has secrets right <laughs> yeah you know? but the closer you get to somebody the the walls start to drop and they feel more comfortable talking to you about that stuff which builds the relationship a lot closer yeah i feel I agree. I agree. I mean, the first question I ask when somebody wants to be a friend is, are you the one that canceled Firefly? <laughs> because if you are, no. <laughs> but, um, but okay, so Mr. 3000, you are down the road, right? You're definitely, you have a path that you've walked already. You're, 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 um, you're, you would very humbly say you are by no means a guru on, on any of this stuff. But, no, exactly. but at the same time, you're 3,000 some odd days in. Correct. So let's talk to, let's talk to um, Billy, who's sitting at the table. And Bill says, Bill says, hey, I'm just showing up for my first time. And I need a support system. What what well, what are you what are you telling Bill to do? Because you're 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 down the road. You're using time. You actually, say okay. Over time, they proved themselves for this. <laughs> because I did this to Jim. Okay, <laughs> at all that right. time I was nowhere well, near and, three thousand. And see, you're you're down the road too, right? I mean, we're all down the road for for how we've done. Because I this. came down and knocked on his door and said, "I need help." Okay. <laughs> well, talk to Bill. Bill, tell Bill the story. <laughs> well, when Joe came for help, the best thing is, and it's. Well, I've been taught where, like, I didn't ever, and I still hope to this day that I haven't, I've made some suggestions, but I've never told Joey what to do. And he's now not drank for a little over five years. Joey wouldn't respond well exactly. to that. Exactly. Nobody does. <laughs> Nobody likes to be told what to do. I can't stand it. Yeah. That, if you tell me what to do, I'm going to do the opposite. That, that's like telling him no. It's and, not going to happen. Uh, exactly. And that's why, <laughs> I think that's why both him and I still haven't drank in all these days is because no one's ever told us what to do. Like the state told him not to drink. He drank again and got a second DUI. So obviously that didn't work. So it takes... Not to mention getting off a few other ones. Exactly. <laughs> so there's, the only thing I can do to help that person that's still struggling is tell them basically what I do every single day. By giving them my experience, basically what I've done to not drink today. I can't tell Billy, don't pick up that drink. If Billy wants to drink, he's going to drink. No, no, yeah. And I'm not saying that that's what you... Right. I I guess I'm... Billy... Billy, Hi, Bill. Bill's at the table, (laughs) not for you to tell him what to do or what not to do. But Bill's at the table saying, I need a support system. How How do I filter through... Those who are coming with an agenda and those who aren't. How do how do I develop? And maybe it's not even how do I filter out the bad, but how do I develop a good support system? And it, and that's that from the like all of us use time, right? We say, well, they prove themselves. They prove themselves over time. But when you're in there and you're first trying to figure out a support system, it's it's confusing. You oh, know, I sure. mean, for me, it was it was intimidating. It was confusing. Saying, okay, who. Who do I trust? I wasn't raised in an environment where I trusted a lot of people. I, I didn't trust. So does it anybody. go all the way back to you had to trust yourself first to make that happen? I don't know. Does it? To me, like when I finally started figuring life out slowly but surely, you gotta take care. Like I never took care of myself at all. Just beat myself up with drugs and alcohol for years and every other vice under the sun. So when I finally stopped all that, it was just like, oh my god, 
this is terrible. What are these things I'm having? Oh, they're feelings. Oh, God. <laughs> Why am I going through this these life thing? It's so stop. miserable. But like when I slowly got better with myself, I could full circle what we're talking about here. I can give back without even thinking about it now, and that makes me stronger. So if I want somebody in my support system, are you willing to give without wanting anything in return? So I think, Billy, you should look in the mirror. <laughs> yes, Billy. See. Billy, listen. Sit down and listen, Billy. Now, if you're willing to give without wanting anything in return, all of a sudden the right people seem to show up in your life. Like this in general, the podcast that we're doing, like this is all just off of a whim Two people wanted to sit down and talk, and now we're trying to convey that right message. This is so foreign that it doesn't even make sense. Like, I still have these outer body moments, like, the three of us are actually sitting around talking about this. This doesn't even make sense. <laughs> we actually know what we're talking about. So, like, it's it shouldn't work, but it really does. And that's just, I don't know if it's dumb luck or if it's we've actually gone through a process where we've respected ourselves where we can actually open ourselves up to allow people to be a part of our support system. So you would tell Billy, if you want a support system, start giving. Start giving and love yourself. Those would be my two, if I could keep it black and white as possible. Because what you're gaining on the inside and mentally by giving is unbelievable. I mean, the, what we do, uh, for our recovery, I mean, it's a, the last step is okay. Now that you've done all this stuff, give it away. It's like, huh? <laughs> I worked so hard to get it. Why would I give it away? <laughs> like, I went through all this shit, and now you're telling me just give it away. <laughs> and that actually helps you more than it helps them. I know it sounds a little selfish, but by giving it away, you're helping yourself mentally. And when did you start giving it away? When? I mean, is that is that from day one? Or is that at the end of the no, whole, no, the whole gotta, process and you say, hey, okay, now I feel like I'm at a good spot. I can start to give it away. I or think you got to work on yourself. Is it a before. wounded healer type thing? You wounded healer. you got to work on yourself before. And that work's never done. So to answer your point, you do eventually give away as you're continuously working on yourself. But the program that Joey and I work you have an awakening after completing the program where, and the program never ends, but by completing those steps, you are ready to help Billy and those other people that are still struggling. But at the same time, it's a complete circle. So you go right back and keep working the program on a daily basis. If you think you graduated, you're going to end up flat on your face in a hurry. <laughs> There's no graduating well, sure. anything that we're trying to do here. Well, but none it, of us graduate from life. But when I ran you into know, Joey, right. I mean, when I was living with Joey and he asked for help, at that point, I only had maybe four years sober, and I didn't know what to do to help him, but I just thought I did what I, somebody did for me. So I took him to a meeting, and the next thing I know, we started getting a lot of days accumulated together. I didn't feel like I did. It's when, sort of like we talked about earlier, when all of a sudden you realize down the road that you might have did something good. When I started bringing him up so much. Yeah. And it was just like, <laughs> hey, okay. Like, it's one of those deals where... I didn't realize I was doing the next right thing for him, but at the same time, taking him to a meeting got me to one as well. That's not a bad thing. So like one of those deals where we helped each other out way more than he always thanks me. And I thank him too, because it obviously he kept me in the center of the program just as much as I brought him into the center. Right. So it's a give and take that it's hard to put into words or quantify what it takes to get somebody into your support center. But I think if you're willing at this point now, where I'm at with the whole Mr. 3000, I'm willing 
to help anybody out. I can't change anybody's path, and that's still a terribly difficult thing for me because I want to a lot of times be like, go this way and physically grab them and make sure they walk down the right path, but it's not my job anymore. I'm not the master of the universe, which I've discovered. Unfortunately, <laughs> I had to resign about eight years ago. But <laughs> And I think a, a big part of it is is that God or your higher power, knowing that you're not in control, puts these people into your life for a reason. I mean, who would have thought that Jim, being four years sober, would move into a house with four other guys that we drank every day? <laughs> Not I the mean, brightest decision I've ever made. Instead of having food in the fridge, we had cases of beer and liquor in the freezer. I mean, <laughs> that's what we did. <laughs> so it comes back to my point of these people coming to your life. I mean, there's probably no way being sober he should have ever moved into the house, the party house. Right. I look at it as God put him there. For me to stumble down the steps that morning and say, hey, man, can you help me? <laughs> because when you're in that low, like I was in from my alcoholism, you only have a short window to ask for help because if I, maybe I would have waited a half hour. I could have grabbed the beer on the way to the shower. Hmm. And that's, that, that aha moment is gone. You know what I mean? And it can be gone that quick. And you can... Because I used to think about quitting um, drinking every day. I was drinking against my own will. And uh, so you have that thought, and then shortly after, it's gone. So for him to be at the bottom of the steps, as be a part of my support system, was huge. And there's no other way to look at it is that he was put there for a reason. <coughs> Right. And that's where I come back to people were brought into your life for a reason, good and bad. You're either going to get a lesson learned the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got that lesson a lot in my life. I mean, because I am a trustworthy person. I give you that when you come into my life. I don't like, I'm going to give you all that trust and it's your choice to lose it. That's where Joe's different than you and I, Scott. You and yeah. I are a little more reserved. He'll go all in with somebody immediately and offer the shirt off his back, you and I are like, eh, let's do a little bit of a vetting process first. Right. Make sure we're right. <laughs> trustworthy enough to let this person in our lives. I'm setting myself up for that huge fall and like, wait, why aren't all people like this? <laughs> 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 there, I, I was asked one time um, if I judged people immediately when I meet them. I do without a doubt still. And, and, I, said, and I said, yes. I said, I do. I categorize them and I judge them almost immediately. I said, but, um, and I, I see that as a, as a flaw, to be honest, inside of me. But I said, I said, but even when I do that, I, I watch and observe them to see if, my, if they really belong where I put them in my head, you know? And so even though I kind of do that, and I, I openly admit that I do do that, <laughs> but even when I do that, I still kind of give that, okay, this is where I think you are, but show me where you're really at. And if I'm right, I'm right. But if I'm wrong, that's okay too, you know, right. because I'm just constantly learning as well. Um, because it's, we're all strangers, right? I mean, we all, we all are strangers and we're try, trying to figure out life together. And, you know, some people are going to come alongside, you're going to get to know them. They're not going to be strangers anymore. And 
and they'll be a part of that support system. Um, but I think it's hard initially, you know, I mean, coming from where I was at, if I would have had to try and put together a support system and it was, um, strictly based on trust, I'd have lived with zero because I did, I didn't trust anybody. And to this day, I struggle with that, you know, initially, I mean, you, you, you earn my trust over time as I, as I watch and observe, I'm not, I'm not a trust. Not a Joey. I, I'm not, I'm just not, you know, um, but that's one of the things that I love about Joey. You know, if you're around his world, you find yourself in all kinds of environments and situations that like for me, I, I would have I I would never be in some of the situations that he's in. But when I'm around him, I'm like, damn, this is fun, man. And and the reason that it's fun is because he goes in one hundred percent open and and says, Okay, what's what's going on and and how do i get in how do i participate in what's going on in life around me right now you know where where my perspective tends to be what's going on and am i willing to let that little piece of life into mine right now right you know i mean it's just different well i could say that with the comic cons i mean just recently i mean my boy with bryce he's really into spider-man and the marvel and I, I was never really into that stuff, but we started going to these Comic Cons for Bryce, and you'd have never caught me at these things. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm going to everyone in our area. I mean, <laughs> you go in there with an open mind, you're like, wow, this is pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> there's people out there that aren't like me. <laughs> right. And there's people that have passions that are different than what I've ever seen. Right. I mean, you all I, my, my passion has always been work. Uh, well, first it started out with my passion was drinking. Everything <laughs> revolved around <Yeah>. drinking. <laughs> um, and then it switched into work. I mean, there's there's good addictions to have. But uh, to break that off and to, you got to spin into other stuff and, like I said, have an open mind doing it right. is tough. But it's awesome. <laughs> right. Because you don't know what to expect. Right. It's an element of surprise, I'd say. I mean, it's like, whoa, people really do that? I want to try that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's again that part of my upbringing, I suppose, was I I was raised in a in a in church. I went to church, you know, three times a week, and if the pastor was there washing windows, we went down, we watched. You know, it was like if if the doors were open, we were there. And um, I mean, that had its good and its bad moments, you know, but. Um, but one of the things that that type of an environment, because it was it was a Pentecostal environment, so a lot of a lot of things that that some people would walk through and look at and say that's whacked, I'm out, you know. But I I was a kid, so like you stay because because <laughs> that's your ride, you know. <laughs> I have my rides right there. I can't go anywhere. But so you end up you do you end up seeing a lot of things that you can't always define you can't always understand you see a lot of people who come with with various angles of how they're expressing these different things in this wide open format um and i think that one of the things that that benefited me from is that i can go into a comic-con and i can go into some of these other places and just go okay well that may not be where i'm at but it's kind of cool that they're into that you know, it's kind of cool that they have something that they're that they're that passionate about. I mean, some of the costumes at Comic Con are so detailed. Oh, they spent and, a lot of time. Yeah, on. I mean, it, hours. There had to be hours, if not weeks, on on some of these costumes. And and you're like, 
that's that's a made up character. You know, you know, you know those claws coming out your hand. They ain't real. You know, they'll, they'll, like, they'll actually come in in character. Yeah, too. and I mean, they do. And I mean, I've got my picture with some of them because they've been so cool. Right. You know, and and I think it's awesome that they've got this kind of stuff. It was funny because uh, my cousin Jason's been riding around with me in the truck because he broke his ankle and uh, he can't work. So I'm always looking for passengers because driving around in the tilt bed, just staring through the window gets old. But this <laughs> conversation about Comic-Con brought up and he's like, you mean people come dressed up and it's not Halloween? Like, <laughs> like, no, they do this on a regular and it's awesome. And he's trying to, it was funny. I mean, we we run out of stuff to talk about because we're together like 50 hours a week in the truck. But, taco, uh, taco, taco. <laughs> burrito, burrito. <laughs> but we actually had about a 45-minute conversation about, and I think he actually wants to go to one. Uh, that'd <laughs> I mean, be he cool. was pretty pumped up about it. And I was like, yeah, people go dressed up. And they're in character. And <laughs> it's awesome, man. And it's it's what I think is really cool is catching the energy of people who are just that into something. Whatever that thing is, I mean, I've gone to some podcast, some um, pod camps that are you know about podcasting. Well, the energy that they have about podcasting, you walk out of there going, I don't even know what a podcast is, but I want to do one. You know, right. <laughs> I mean, that, it's when you get around people who have that energy about something that they just love, you right. you can just get sucked into that, and you start to understand. I get why you like this. I mean, bring Tim back into the picture. I mean, he loves motorcycles, right? <laughs> Right, he does. Um, Still waiting for that rating, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to be checking this. <laughs> but the passion that he puts into his motorcycles is awesome. I mean, every, I think everybody needs to have something like that. Yeah, you do. And it's like your go-to to get your mind away from the real world. Right. Well, How it's you not build just your support about- system is through events like that or groups like that or passions like that, all of a sudden people that are in your inner circle also have similar passions. I'd I'd call it like a form of meditation. It could be, yeah. I mean, sometimes it's not just about clarity or or escapism, but but it's about what brings life to you. You know, what, what brings something into your life where you're like, that's what I really enjoy. And no matter what you're doing, you can get into that. And that just, that fuels you to be able to go out and do everything else. And, and that's where I think that, that I'm looking for. I mean, you're, all, you're always looking for those moments. You know, for Tim, Tim, ratings, please. <laughs> but we know you're a Moto Guzzi guy. We know it. Moto Guzzi triumph. We know Harleys. Harleys aren't your world. We know that. <laughs> but um, but you, you get that life in you. And, and when I rode, when I rode, I love to get out on the bike and go out for a ride. And, and, you know, I had friends who were always into the twisty turvies and doing the turns. I'm like, nah, I just want to hit the highway. That's all I want. <laughs> I just want to ride. I just want to ride. I want to ride in a straight line, hit the gas when I want to hit the gas and, and slow down when I want to slow down. That's what I want to do. And it gave me life. There was more, um, there was more fuel inside of me to keep going at the end of being on a ride. And, and that's what I think we're looking for, right? What fuels you? What what brings life into you? Into you that says, okay, I'm going to keep going because this brings me life. And some of these addictions that we talk about, they don't bring you life. You know, they 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 drain you of your ability to keep going. You, you right. think it's fun, but then there's that 
you know, there's the hangover day. You know, there's there's the there's the moment when the fun just went away and now I'm sitting in a pile of crap. You know, I mean, the don't have any food in the refrigerator, so I got high and when I got when I came back down, the refrigerator was stolen, you know. Right. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I thought this thing was going to be good, but it turned out to be really bad. We were talking about support systems and that's where you can find your support systems as well is when you get into a hobby or something that you really enjoy, whether it would be meetings or uh, bikes or church or any, you can name anything. There's groups of people that get together, arts and crafts. I mean, that's where you find- Scrapbooking. Right, the people with <laughs> common interests. Don't roll your eyes, Mister Three Thousand. <laughs> I'm all about the. You're building, the mushy gushy one here. We, we can yeah. uh, build puzzles. Uh, Easy. <laughs> you can find people with these common interests that you learn to trust and hang out with, and I mean, it's like the gateway into getting to know them a lot better. You know. Right. Right, and finding that spot, I think, and and that's where. That's where uh, you mentioned it there, Mr. 3000, was about how the when you get into those arenas that fuel you, you can find a support system there. There's, there's people who are there without an agenda because they're there for what you're there for. Exactly. And, and then those are the folks who you'll end up finding are, are really supporting you. Because you're, you've wrapped it around something that isn't about their agenda, and it's not about your agenda. It honestly just becomes true, valued friendships. Absolutely. Well, have we solved all the world's problems today? I think the world is a better place. I do. I think so, too. <laughs> you did a hell of a job. All right. <laughs> all right. Well, um, then we'll just we'll wrap this up. Um, we have tentatively... We talked about calling this podcast three. Um, I'm, I'm almost thinking we should maybe call it It's Not a Meeting. <laughs> um, but uh, but uh, we are three. You are three. Have mercy on us. 